Now, back to the Mulberry Lane Show on the Mighty 1290. Brought to you by Elisa Ilana. Once again, here's Mulberry Lane. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry on the Mighty 1290. Well, I know you're used to hearing from us about musicians, bands, the latest fashion trend or film, but we're switching it up a little on you today. All right. If you've ever thought about starting your own internet company, had that great idea that you think might change the world, or you're thinking about making that leap to start your own startup, you need to hear from our guest, David Cohen. His company, Techstars, a startup accelerator based in Boulder with chapters in Boston, Seattle, and New York, selects 10 startups a year to partner with entrepreneurial mentors for three months. It's an intensive training session, and at the end of the three months, the startups pitch to groups of investors and venture capitalists to get to the next level. David also has a book called Do More Faster, and wouldn't we all like that? Oh, yeah. I need that. (laughs) And he's here to chat. When you got an idea... Where do you go? Who are you going to call? Tech stars. David Cohen is the CEO. Who are you going to call? Tech stars. Welcome to the show, David. Well, that was awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We had to do a Halloween theme song, Ghostbusters, of course. So Very cool. And before we talk about tech stars and, and the book, walk us through your journey that led you to the idea of starting a startup accelerator. Sure. Yeah. Briefly, my background is I was an entrepreneur, you know, building software companies and I went two and one. Uh, so I had two that were successful and one that was a, a good sized failure and uh, <laughs> learned a lot from the failed one. You know, learned a little bit from the ones that worked and that led me to get into angel investing, which is essentially investing your money to help other startups get going mm-hmm. and found I really loved that. But I, I thought the model was kind of broken and there needed to be a way to really engage more with the startups in addition to the money you put in. Okay. So we created Techstars to do that. Okay. And basically the way I see it is what Techstars does for the internet startup, it would be a program like Broadway stars would do for the talented singer, dancer, actor, where they audition, they get chosen, they train with seasoned singers, dancers, actors, and producers, and then they end up getting to audition and access to like Broadway producers, record labels, talent managers, and stuff. Is that kind of what sure. you do? Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, I mean, if you think of a you know top school of Juilliard or something like that, you know, we're like that. We're hard to get into. We take about one percent of applicants. Um, it's tougher than any Ivy League school to get into by the numbers. Wow. You know, about 5,000 companies a year apply. We take about 50. Pretty tough competition. Once you get in, you have access to really the top 1% of mentors and investors that can help your company. It's a great filter for that you know, group of people that want to be mentors, give back, or invest in your company. Now, you have some examples of some mentorship things that have been really important. Can you share that? Sure, yeah. Like, if you think about specific examples that I've seen around Techstars, We've had cases where our mentors in the program have helped our companies when they got an acquisition offer from uh-huh. a larger you know, public company, literally double the exit value that was paid to that company wow. from one, one phone call that they get involved in because they've been through those negotiations and they understand you know, how to work through and, and negotiate with the bigger company. And, if you've and never, the outcomes can be huge. And if you've never done it before, you wouldn't even know what to do. So this is the thing I learned in my own career. It actually happened to me. When we sold our first company, the CEO of that company later told me that we left about half the money on the table. Wow. We didn't use any mentors. Uh-huh. Uh, it worked out fine, but it could have worked out a lot better. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was just our lack of knowledge of how valuable it is to surround yourself with people that are you know, knowledgeable in the area you're working on. Now, how do you choose 
who gets to be a part of the program? So we really look for six things in this order. Team, team, team. So that's the first three. We okay. look very, very hard at team. Okay. Then we look at the market you're in. So what are you doing? Is it a changing market? Is it interesting things happening in that market? It could even be a shrinking market. Mm-hmm. We look at your idea. So what specifically are you doing in that market? And the last thing is we look at your progress because we've learned that entrepreneurs do stuff. They don't just talk about doing stuff. Uh, the right, ones that right. talk about doing stuff are we call them entrepreneurs. Uh, um, <laughs> that's a great the entrepreneurs idea. actually do stuff. So we look for that as the sixth thing. Do you look for specific results? You know, we're looking for signs of interesting progress, right? So it's a company that's built some software. Usually we're investing in software, so these are okay. Internet companies. Mm-hmm. They've got some people using it. It's an interesting space that we think could be big. And then what we do once they get into Techstars is we surround them with people that can help them refine those ideas and, you know, build connections to partners and investors that can help them, you know, with the fuel they need to be successful. Now, do a lot of the mentors end up investing in the companies or...? Yeah, many do. About 85% of the companies that go through Techstars eventually attract investment. In mm-hmm. fact, there's, there's been 160 companies that have raised over $300 million now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes from the mentors because they, you know, by working with these companies, they develop emotional attachments. You know, even if they're not professional investors, many of them have the ability to invest a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Now, do you ever come across a great idea with maybe a bad team or vice versa? Every day. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you know, one of our things is that ideas aren't really worth that much without execution. I mean, you know, obviously ideas can be valuable, but it, it's really not unless you couple it with doing something about the idea. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's no website where you can go and trade Internet startup ideas. There's no market <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah, I'll sell my right? idea. Right. <laughs> it doesn't exist because mm-hmm. without execution, and there's no value there. Mm-hmm. And by execution, you mean just the day-to-day operations, you know, Do making it. progress, doing it. Do it. Yeah. Ideas are cheap, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. they're free. Uh, We all have great ideas every day and we don't do anything about most of them, right? That's what entrepreneurs do and creators in general do is they go and they make it happen as opposed to talking about what it wouldn't be great if it existed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you deal with entrepreneurs on a daily basis. So what is the one thing that you hear the most often that you would say, if I hear that one more time, I'm just going to scream? Oh, wow. There's so many. Um, probably, the, probably the number one would be we don't need much money. This is the only money we'll ever need. We only need to get 1% of the market. These are the kind of things that you hear a lot that uh-huh. people are doing this uh, funny math. Uh-huh. You know, if we just get 1% of the world market, it'll be worth you know, $10 billion. And uh, it generally just doesn't work like that. Uh-huh. Now, if you have an idea, if someone is listening that thinks they have the next great idea, they're afraid to take the leap. How can they look inside themselves and know that, okay, I am an entrepreneur and I could do this? And when should they say, you know what, I'm just not the personality to take this on? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, it's one of the things that is definitely a lifestyle choice to become an entrepreneur, right? Just like it would be to become a musician, I assume. So it's not something you take lightly. It's really a career path. Mm-hmm. They, you know, are you going to go get a job and work for a big company or are you going to create for a living, right? And... You know, I think you just know it inside, right? I think especially for young people, we talk about this a lot, where you don't have a lot of obligations in life or debts or, you know, necessarily a family yet. It's easier Mm -hmm. to make that leap. It's harder the longer you wait. So today is a good day compared to tomorrow in general to, to make that leap and to try it. Now, a lot of times I think of entrepreneurs as people who are well-spoken and are social and can really get, you know, sell their vision. Do you think an introvert can be a good entrepreneur? 
I hope so. Um, you're, you're talking to a big one. So um, okay, okay. I generally am, am very introverted, typical. Uh, I think back to high school days. I'm, I'm the geek with the computer that, mm-hmm. you know, likes that to every, hide and code. That everybody ends up working for, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, maybe they get cool later in life, but they're not that cool in high school. And I think definitely. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people who are very intrinsically motivated, inward focused, right, that they don't really care what other people think. They're just trying to, you know, create value and, and meaning in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think those people make great entrepreneurs, too. So I don't think you have to be one or the other type. So now did you hit a point in your life where you had to make yourself be more extroverted? Or did you just maybe surround yourself with people or work with people who were more extroverted? Yes, actually, I've I've very consciously worked on that uh, in the last five years. So as an investor, I meet, you know, companies every day that are pitching me their ideas. And I've had to become very comfortable, you know, meeting people and going to lunch with strangers and things that I would not normally be attracted to doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give me energy. It takes energy away from me to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've had to relearn uh, how to interact with the world. And, and it's actually been really good for me. I feel you know, better about it. So I'm more balanced. I don't think I'm extremely introverted like I used to be. So, so how do you know if an idea is good enough and knowing when an idea is not good enough and shutting it down? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. One of the ways that I, I think about it uh, if, if you're the entrepreneur and you're trying to figure out, is this the right thing, this thing I'm working on, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you put your fist through a wall and you're just really mad about stuff or everything's going wrong and, and you're just really down about it, uh-huh. welcome to startups. You know, you're, mm-hmm. that's, that's, just part of, that's just part of the process of creating. I'm sure it's the same in, in music and other yes. creative areas. Ups and downs, yep. Right? It, it's not just going to be great. It's, it's actually going to be really hard. So you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. You're going to have to work through a lot of down times. To me, the way you know that it's time to move on is if you're waking up every day and it's, it's sustained for a month and, and you're not excited about you know, going to work and working on your product. You don't have the energy around it and that sustains for you know, a month. Right? Then it, it might be time to really make a change. But if that happens to you a couple days a week or here and there, that's just normal. That's just, that's just being a part of something creative. That's a great measurement. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that is good to know. And then would you say it's harder to actually start something up or is it harder to quit? In my world, it's much harder to quit. I mean, it's not hard to try to play an instrument or try to write a little software code, right? And that's the beginning of a company or a creative work, right? But it is much harder to give it up, especially once you put so much energy yes. into it. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you have your money and your heart and your passion into it and it's just not working out, yes. I think pulling the plug would be very difficult. Extremely difficult. And, you know, you never know if you're right or not, right? Hindsight is maybe twenty twenty in some cases, but usually uh, it's not. Usually you give it up and you don't know if you should have. Right. Or you keep working on it and you, you might throw away years of your life, you know, mm-hmm. working on that thing. That is the game. Yeah. Okay. What single piece of advice do you think is most important or would you give to a person starting something today? Surround yourself with great people. I mean, whether that's your investor, your co-worker, your co-founder, your co-artist, it's really about being willing to work with people that are better than you are. I think that's the, the difference maker that, that too many people that I've met early in their careers don't value enough. Now, is there another book down the road for you? We're talking about a book called Do Even More Faster, <laughs> uh, which will be even more lessons we've learned uh, now that we're closer to 200 startups that we've worked with. Okay. I'm also thinking about writing a, a book on failure. Uh, I think it's a topic that we don't talk enough about and uh, collecting stories of failure and lessons learned from entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And you're very open about your own failings and things that have gone wrong for you. And I think everybody learns from everybody else's failures, probably more from people's failures than their successes. 
I think in general, there's a lot more to learn from failure than from success. Now when I meet entrepreneurs who have failures, I value them more highly than those that only have success. That's, That's great really to hear. Interesting, yeah. When do you gather applications? We are uh, always running a program, so because we're in five cities, we accept applications all the time. Uh, As long as you're here in the U.S. legally for those three months, you could be from outside the U.S. as well. You you know, the programs run on a rotating schedule that's on our website at techstars.com. Well, David, we want to thank you for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom with us. Very fascinating book, very fascinating industry you're in, and we appreciate you sharing it with us here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks, David. When we come back, it's our Sister Pumpkin Challenge with our celebrity judge, Dave Wingert.